This past weekend, Yolanda and I, uh, we celebrated our 39th anniversary. Amen. Amen. So we, we uh, you know, we just, uh, we, what you call it, Grace was there. I remember Grace was at our wedding. Amen. And uh, so, you know, 39 years, and, and you know what? God is good. God is good because, you know what? He, God is able to restore what the enemy tries to destroy. Amen. And, you know, we had a lot of, uh, you know, I, we were sitting out here in the patio a couple Sundays ago, and Yolanda was telling uh, uh, a young convert, you know, that he wasn't always like this. Amen. Don't you love it when they, you know, they, they tell on you? Amen. And I just wanted to remind her, you know, I'm right here, you know. <laughs> but uh, God is good. God is, is doing great things in our family. And, you know, I know he has greater things in store for us. Um, but you just got to stay on the path. Amen? Amen. So let's get into the word. Ecclesiastics chapter 10, verse 10. Tonight I want to minister on uh, on sharpening your axe, axe, A-X-E, axe, amen, sometimes my tongue gets a little twisted and you guys look at me like I cussed or something, amen, but you know, as part of being in the Christian walk, I love, this, I love the scripture in Jeremiah fifty-one twenty. it reads this, it says, thou art my battle axe, and weapons of war, for with these will I break in pieces the nations, and with thee will I destroy kingdoms. So as a weapon, as a, an axe, a battle axe in the hands of God, God is going to use you and I to destroy the kingdom of hell. Amen. God is going to use you and I to be effective in the kingdom of God. But in that process, what happens many times is that we become dull. We lose our edge. We lose our sharpness because every time that we uh, like hack away at a tree, uh, every trial, every disappointment, every setback, it takes a little of our sharpness away. Where sometimes you, uh, you are so excited to see what God is going to do. You're so excited what God is doing in the ministry. You're, 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 you know, uh, God is just doing great things in your life. But oftentimes yeah, we could hit that, uh, uh, that fork in the road where we just say, you know what, man, it is not worth it. It's difficult. It's hard. And so what happens many times is that we lose that edge, we lose that, 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 uh, that zeal that we once had, that sharpness, and we become ineffective. But see, God has not called you and I to be less than. God has called you and I to be effective, to, be, to become weapons in his hands, men and women of God, where we are able to destroy the enemy's assignments. And see, when God says that you are his battle axe, what he is saying is that you are his weapon of warfare. He intends to fight battles through you, and a battle axe is anything in the hand of a warrior that is capable of bringing down the enemy, and God is saying with you in his hands, he can bring down any enemy. Destroy the assignments of the kingdom of darkness. 
So I want to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, and it reads this. It says, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to minister your word, Lord God. Lord, I am mindful of your presence this evening, God, and I pray, Lord God, that you use me, Lord God, as a weapon in your hand, Father. Lord God, that you are preparing hearts tonight, Lord God, that you are just awakening your people, Father. Lord, those who are watching us tonight on the live stream, Father, I pray that your anointing flow through the airwaves, God. Lord God, that as I step aside, I ask that you take full control. Lord, that no flesh glory in your presence. Lord, tonight I give you honor, all the glory, and all the praise. Amen. Amen. Sharpening your axe. The act of sharpening your axe is just being ready and prepared. It was Abraham Lincoln said that if you gave me five hours to take down a tree, I would spend three of those hours sharpening my axe. See, oftentimes that we try to do things and be effective in God's kingdom on our own strength. How many know that God's ways are not our ways? That sometimes God does things that blow our mind that we don't fully understand, but as we stay within the footsteps of following the pattern that God has set, it becomes aware of what he's about to do. So how do you and I sharpen our spiritual acts when just every day we are being dulled? See, you and I are living in a day and time where being a Christian, a follower of Christ, is not popular. It's not popular one bit. Because the media is attacking you, your co-workers are attacking you, other outside uh, face are attacking you. And the, and the objective of the enemy is to get the people of God to lose their sharpness, to lose uh, the effectiveness that God has in store for them, and to lose it and just become mediocre. How I many know that God has not called us to mediocrity? God has called us to be a peculiar people. To be a, a, a people that, that, that are a light, that, that we could be a focal point where someone says that individual right there, I could tell that they walk with God. I could see in their speech pattern, I could see in their demeanor, I could see in how they carry themselves that they have a relationship with God. They don't have a religion, they don't have a, 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 a wishy-washy faith, they are solid in their faith in who they believe in and who they walk with. See, that's the individual that I want to be. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I want to be more effective in my prayer life, in my, in my testimony that I say, you know what, I represent God as an ambassador. You and I are ambassadors. See, when the ambassadors are called to represent the United States, they are held to a standard. They are held to a certain standard where they, they represent the United States. Whatever land they step in, when they get to that embassy, that is United States of America property. They are ambassadors. They represent this state, this country. So you and I are called ambassadors of the kingdom of God. 
So how do we sharpen our spiritual acts? The first thing is prayer. Prayer. Say it with me, prayer. Prayer sharpens your spiritual awareness. When an individual is in communion with God, that individual has an awareness and they have a discernment that only heaven can give you. Only God can give you the discernment. See, the difference between uh, having an intellect or a knowledge versus a relationship. See, I've met some individuals who they don't have the, the, all the skills. They might not know how to read very well. They may not be able to write very well, but when you talk to them, you know that they have a relationship with God. You know that they have an, a, a prayer life where they have a, 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 the, just the Holy Spirit is just upon them, and they are individuals who, man, man, you just say, you know what, I, man, I love that. I want that for myself. When a person is in prayer and communion with God, the Holy Spirit will show you when and how to do things. What does it provide? It provides timely direction. How many have ever tried to do things without God? Just said, you know what? Uh, I got this. You know what, God? I'll do it. I know what to say. I know how to approach it. God, I... And God just lets you fall. Man, you open your mouth and it was like bleep, 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 bleep. You, you like missed it all up. So when you're in that prayer, when you're in that time alone with God... It's the Holy Spirit that will provide you direction. Proverbs 3, 6 reads this. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See, I walked on the crooked path too long. I walked on that path that was leading me nowhere. I mean, I was, I was just like, man, you ever, you ever drive and, and you like, man, you, 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 you don't want nobody to give you directions because you know how to be, go there. You've been there many times, and this, I grew up here. I know every, every corner, I know every tree, everybody, I know it all. And then you drive around, and you say, you know, why does it feel like I already passed this street already? It's like that with our spiritual life, where we say, you know what, God, direct me, guide me. Lord God, do, do, do I take that position that they're offering me? Lord God, do I, do I uh, you know what, uh, seek after that? Lord God, do I walk through that door that, that is looking wide open? Because how many know that sometimes the enemy can open doors too? Sometimes the enemy opens doors that looks like it's so God, but it leads you away from God. Another thing it does is it prevents bad decisions. Who here has ever made bad decisions? Why did I do that? Why did I not listen to that? Why did that? You, ever, you ever do something and, and you say to yourself or you say to somebody else, something told me not to do that. That was the Holy Spirit. You need to stop calling him something. 
Because God told you not to do it. And you just said, it looks so good. You know what, man? It, it, the price was good. You know what? Uh, it, it looked good at night. And you know what? I, I took it home and when I, when I, you know, looked at the car in the morning and it was all like different colors and it was all bondoed, it was everything. Bad decision. Proverbs 16, 9 says, the mind, of the, man, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. See, we could have so many plans. One person said this, you could write your plans down, but do it in a pencil because, and give God the eraser. Because sometimes God will take your plans and he will turn it all around. He will turn it all around. See, I had no ambitions. I had no whatsoever that I would, still, I would be serving God in my later years. I thought, man, when I was in my 30s, we had a plan. Man, I'm going to get me a sports bar. I'm going to have this, this, and this, and boom, God came in and disrupted everything. And I remember that, speaking with a relative, and she say, man, well, that was the plan. All these 15, 20 years, that was our plan. But it wasn't God's plan. See, there are some here, individuals here tonight, some of those that are watching on our live stream. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And see, you can't see it right now. It hasn't been revealed to you. God hasn't unfolded the whole plan. But there is a plan. Everyone here is to be used and called by God. In some shape or form, God has called you and I to great things. So it prevents bad decisions. It also eliminates worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety. One person said worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. Philippians 4, 6 says this. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. But in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How many thank God for the peace? You thank God for the peace that surpasses all understanding means is that people will not understand how is it that that person is going through so much turmoil and chaos in their life, but they look like they sleep well at night. That individual is facing an uphill battle in their health, but they have the peace of God. You ever talk to somebody and you start complaining about your little trial only to find out that they're facing something very drastic and chaotic. But they were able to pray with you and guide you and direct you. See, that's the peace that can be purchased. No pill can give you that. Everything that they have prescribed for an individual will only take the edge off. 
But there will come a time where you will need that again. See, when you come to Jesus, there is a peace that comes over you that you cannot purchase, you cannot earn it. It is by faith that you say, God, I am entrusting you. I am putting my life in your hands, God. I see that it's drastic. I see what's taking place. See, those are the moments where you just say, you know what, God, I do not know what to do. I do not know what to say, God, but I'm going to take it into prayer. There is something very special that when you keep it between you and God. See, if you're going to go on social media and throw out all your, 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 your dirty laundry, there is a ministry of people out there who love that. And then everybody has an opinion. Everybody has. You ever have that person who tells you, gives you marriage advice, but they're single? <laughs> oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus. You need to give God who, you know what, God will bring that individual to you. God will bring that one that's right for you. Look at the devil he will give you all the right nows. God will give you the Mr. Right. God will give you the one that is for you. And God will just bless you and just, you know what, as you continue this, just to say, you know what, God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. But everybody around you is, is getting uh, married and this and all that, and there's a pressure there. Don't let anybody pressure you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The second thing, how we are able to sharpen our spiritual acts is to be sharpened by the word. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joints and the marrow, and it, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. See, when you think that you could be so slick that you could hide it from God, the word of God will expose you. The word of God, the double-edged sword, the word of God that will cut you up because when you get into the word of God, the word of God will show you who you are, not who you say you are. It's who you are. Who you are when nobody is looking, that's who God sees. That's who God knows because we could all have this image, Right, you, got, you see Anthony this, you don't see the ugly Anthony that my family sees sometimes. The grouch. The grouch who wakes up with, with all, my, all the pet peeves, I, they're all there. And sometimes I just gotta walk away and say, God, forgive me. I woke up a fool, let me get a second cup of coffee. I know I'm not the only one there, right? <laughs> the word of God is active. It sharpens us daily when we read it and put it into practice. It prepares us for the battles we face and it gives us the strength to fight victoriously. Your sword for battle can only stay sharpened if you take time to sharpen it. How? One, verbalize it. The most effective way to pray is to speak God's word. Speak it. Speak his promises. You know that there are 8,810 promises in the word of God. 
8,810. 7,487 deal with humankind. The greatest promise in the entire Bible, in my opinion, is the greatest because it includes all of the promises in itself. And it's found in Philippians 4.19. And it says this, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You're lonely, God is there. You're anxious, God is there. You're at your wit's end, God is there. He will provide. See, he can only provide what you are willing to ask him for. Come to God in prayer. See, the thing is, is with our human nature, we want everything to be done for us. Because we all know that there's apps now that could pray for us. I have an app on my phone that my daughter put, and I could just say, draft up a prayer for this. And man, it'll give me four pages. I sound like a genius when I read it out loud. (laughs) But see, what God wants is your heart. See, sometimes you don't have to have any words. Sometimes you just need to just be in his presence. See, Hannah didn't have any words. She had tears. Her tears were more than 10,000 words because she touched the heart of God. And where she was able to come into the temple and just go before God and say, God, I ask this of you. And God heard her prayer. See, sometimes people will understand what you're going through. The priest didn't understand her. He thought she was drunk. See, sometimes you could come into the house of God and you could just sit there during the worship and you could just feel the tears flowing down. Somebody may look at you and say, oh man, pray for so-and-so. She's probably going through it. No, sometimes you just tapped into the presence of God. Sometimes you just need to just quiet out the noise and just say, God, only you. God, I just want to hear from you. God, I just want to be in your presence. See, it's when we do, it's in those moments where we do, what we're doing is we're just saying, you know what, God, I am eliminating all the distractions and I just want to be with you. Only you. Amen. Another thing we do is we obey it. Saving faith is the bond of living in union with Jesus Christ and the union changes not only what we believe but also how we behave. See, when we have that connection with God, how many know that God sets our path straight? Because the flesh oftentimes wants to rise up, wants to say this. Have you ever have, like, someone says something to you sharp and you, it's on the tip of your tongue and you, in your, in your mind, the enemy's telling you, man, you could cut them seven different ways and they wouldn't even do it. But the Holy Spirit is just telling you just to zip it. Say nothing. They might think you're weak. Oh, I got them. See, they ain't got nothing to say. Let them. Let them think that. Because you know what? When you walk away, you're going to feel better. You're going to say, you know what, I didn't give in to what the flesh wanted me to do. 
I didn't give in. I didn't say what I could have said. I didn't say any of those things. Yes, I wanted to. Man, I wanted to, you know, you know how you could go hood, right? You could go hood in 2.5 seconds. And then you just, you know what? I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away. Remember, I was coming off the freeway, and this one, you know, I don't know if he felt I wasn't moving fast enough, but he started telling me I was number one and all kinds of other stuff. (laughs) And because I just didn't pay attention to it, I was like, you know. And he kept telling me he had a gun and all kinds of stuff, and I was like, oh, God. I was like, come on, dude, man. We're both in our 60s, man. (laughs) Grandpa's over here, you know. And then I remember, you know, he was waiting to see what, if I was going to go straight, get off of this off ramp to go uh, uh, west or, or he, to go east. So he was like slowing and I was following him, following him, and he went and I went in the other one. And when we saw each other, he just looked at me like, I thought so. I was just like, bye. I don't need drama. I, you know what, I avoid drama. And I just like, you know what, Lord, keep me, keep me at peace. Lord, let me, let me just be a light. Let me, you know what, and you know what, when we, when we walk in that spirit, when we walk in that, you know what, you're going to have those moments. And those are tests. Those are tests and opportunities for you to show your light. You know, could you imagine if, if I would have acted a fool and then, you know, like, Hey, I saw, aren't you a minister? <laughs> so what are the two blessings of being obedient? Strength and knowledge. In our text 10, 10 of Ecclesiastes, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. See, not just worldly wisdom, but godly wisdom. See, that's what we need to pray for, godly wisdom. Worldly wisdom says seeing is believing. It's the logic. Godly wisdom says blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So we say, you know what, God, I don't see it happening. I don't see what's taking place, God, but I know that you have a plan for me. I know that it's going to come through. God, I know my loved one's going to get saved. God, I know my husband's going to just, you know what, get his act together. God, I know that this marriage is going to get stronger and stronger. I know my kids are going to come to the house of God. I know this, God, because you have promised it to me. And I'm going to hold on to that promise. Because, God, you have given me the wisdom. Godly wisdom will help you make the right decisions. The right decisions. Take note, there are four biblical instructions on how to get wisdom. The first one is to fear God. Solomon says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs 9, 10. Psalms 90, 12, desire wisdom. The second step to getting wisdom is to desire it with all your heart. Teach us, God. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The third thing is to do is to pray for wisdom. John, James 1, 5 says, if you... If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and will, give, and will be given to you. 
The third thing, uh, the next thing is to study God's word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, the, uh, oftentimes the, the Christians will lose their sharpness because they don't know God's word. Not that you don't come to church, not that you don't serve in a ministry, not that, but you don't have the word of God active in your life. You're not allowing it to take place in your heart. See, when the word of God is in us, it starts to transform us. God's word will always do glorious things in yours and my walk. So why is it important that we stay sharp and prepared? Matthew 24, 44 says this, so always be ready, alert, and prepared because at an hour when you're not expecting him, the son of man will come. We know the parable of the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. See, God is calling us to stay prepared, to stay sharp, to stay alert, to be prepared, to always be ready because God is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And he's coming for a church. He's coming for his people. See, we look around and we see all that is taking place and you hear it over and over again that prophecy is being fulfilled. But do we live like it? Do we live like, you know what, tomorrow is not promised to me. Man, there's times where I wake up four or five in the morning and I say, thank God for this day. Because I have loved ones, I have people that I know that didn't wake up. And it's like that old saying is, is if you knew you had 24 hours to live, what would you do with it? I'd spend 23 and a half hours <laughs> repenting, man. Because <laughs> I, man, you know what, I, man. <laughs> There's a term. And I often say this to some, you know, we know the, the, our military, they have terms, Semper Fi and Semper Paratas. Latin for always ready. Always ready. The third and last thing is to sharpen each other. Sharpen each other. You and I sharpen each other. By interacting Find people who minister to you. Find people who bring the best out of you. People who encourage you. See, in my early walk with God, I always gravitated towards strong individuals, men of God. Of course, our pastor. You know, I, 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 I was in the basic disciples class, then the armor bearer class, then the Bible study. I wanted to interact with men of God, men of God who love God and whose footsteps I was able to follow. Many have gone on to be with the Lord. Strong men of God. Pastor Fernando Avila, Pastor Rudy Tovar. He's the one who t taught me how to street evangelize, how to street preach. Brother Robert Perales. Larry M Larry Casillas, all these men of God that, man, I, I, they, they were so strong in their walk with God that I would see them and I would say, man, 
I love that. And so iron sharpens iron. Surround yourself with people who speak life, who sharpen you. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Get involved in the church. Get involved in the Bible study. Get involved in the youth alive. Get involved with the young adults because that is how you are going to grow. That is how you are going to stay sharp because God is looking for a people who are ready and prepared. And we, be, we stay ready, we stay prepared, and we stay sharp because we're a battle axe in the hands of a mighty God. Where you say, God, use me. Use me. I don't have to wait for Wednesday. Man, it's Monday and the devil's attacking. Man, I know what to do. I know how to battle the enemy. I know how because God has given me the weapons. God has given me his word. God has given me a time alone with him where I can consult with him and say, God, guide me, direct me. What is it that I need to do, God? Open the door, God. Close the door, God. Do these things, God. See, when you and I begin to cry out to God, see, that's the one thing. When was the last time we cried out to God? When was the last time we just got on our face and said, God, I need this to take place. God, I need you to show me. And God, if it's not your will, God, close that door. Close it because sometimes we just have a wish list of things that we want God to do. And we, don't, we neglect the time that we could spend alone with God and just to listen to the voice of God. Close out the nonsense. Close out the distractions. Put down the phone. See, those are the moments where God is trying to interact with us, where we just say, you know what? I'm either going to go forward or I'm going to be complacent. Now is not the time to be complacent. Content. Say, man, this is all I want. All I want to do is get into heaven. No, there's much more. There was so much more that God has in store for you and I. If we take the time and say, you know what, God, I give it all to you. Give it all to you. Sharpen each other. Staying sharpened and sharpening others. Show genuine care for people. People don't care what you know. They want to know that you care. They want to know that you have the best interest for them. Provide clear expectations. Engage in regular, honest conversations. Create it correct in private. Meaning, you don't go rebuking people in, in front of everybody. If somebody tr- trusts you to bring things to you, correct them in love. Correct them in love. Because we were there one time. We didn't have it all together. We didn't. But in, through time, through applying God's word, through prayer, through being effective in God's kingdom, God starts to take us to new seasons, new seasons. The things that tripped me up when I first came to Christ, they no longer bother me because I've outgrown that. And see, some of us here are still on the bottle, the baby bottle. Let me correct that at the bottom. <laughs> How did he know? <laughs> you desire the milk, but God wants to give you meat. God wants you to grow strong and healthy in the house of God. 
speak vision and possibility into people. Speak to them. You see, sometimes we don't see what God is doing in our life. And I've said this before. I didn't know what God was going to do. Pastor Reuben didn't call me. God called me. Pastor Reuben recognized it. There's teachers here. There's preachers. There's evangelists. There's people here that God's going to do great things with you. In his time. In his time. So, man, if we're feeling a little dull and we feel like, man, we lost our edge or, you know, man, I don't have that sharpness that I had when I first came to God. I want that back. I want it back. As we all stand here tonight, Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord. Maybe you said a prayer, but you didn't mean it in your heart or I don't know. See, I don't know your heart like God knows your heart. Maybe that's you here tonight and you say, you know what, Anthony, I, I need Jesus. I want to say that. I want to get my heart right with God. If that's you, I want you to just step out of your seat and make your way down to the, the altar. See, as we navigate through our walk with God, we're gonna hit snags. We're gonna have those moments where it's not so glorifying to God. We were a bad testimony. I've had those days, believe me. But I've learned from them. So tonight, if that's you here and you say, you know what, Anthony, I'm, I've, I've lost some of my edge. I've lost some of my, my effectiveness. You know, my prayers are not, you know, what I, I, I haven't been doing the things that I know that I'm supposed to do. As the worship team makes their way up this evening and God has spoken to you, I want to open up this altar. And if that's you here tonight, It's as simple as saying, you know what, God, that's me. That's me. See, I've had to do that many times. Many times. See, sometimes when young disciples are explaining to me how they failed, I'll ask them, how did it make you feel? And when they say, you know what, I felt the conviction, that shows me right there that they're still heeding to the Holy Spirit. It's when it doesn't phase you and it didn't bother you. That's when you're totally separated. We're going to have snags in the road. We're going to have stumbling. But we need to get up and say, you know what, God? Forgive me. I'm going to move on. So as the worship team plays this altar.